morning and welcome to The Daily Hope. My name is Chuck Butler. I'm the pastor of the Arts and Mars Hill. Today we're in 1 Chronicles chapter 5. All 12 preceding books of the Bible end with the Hebrew nation in captivity. First and Second Chronicles retell this very story. They've been called an epitome of all sacred history. An epitome is an example of a particular quality or type of a person or thing, but it also means a summary of a written work. You and I can learn from both the good and the bad examples that we'll encounter today in this passage. In Scripture, even as in life itself, repetition should be paid attention to, as repetition often indicates importance. Repetition in highway signage can keep us safe, like slow to 35, dip ahead. Or the repetition in the hook of a song can help us embrace it for a lifetime, or even memorize a scripture that's embedded in its popular refrain. These genealogical records of First and Second Chronicles form a generation-to-generation generation tie together of all preceding biblical history. They validate the biblical account as real history, or his story, and not some mere mythical legend. They make up the skeletal framework of the Old Testament. They trace the descent of David's line and point to the Savior of the world as coming through him. They contained fine jewels sprinkled among all the God-breathed scriptures. Here we are going to find lessons that we need to learn and warnings that are aimed at preserving our own lives, redeeming personal relationships, and correcting a course that we may have foolishly set for ourselves or simply stumbled into. Remember that all scripture is living and powerful according to Hebrews 4.12. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, like a gifted surgeon's scalpel, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and are able to discern the very thoughts and the intent of our heart. Yes, even your heart and mine. In verses 18 through 24, the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh had measurable qualities and skills. Here's the list. Valiant, courageous men, able to bear both shield and sword, able to shoot with a bow, skillful in war, great and growing in number, willing to cry out to God in battle, listened to by God, proven to put their trust in him, heads of their own households, noted as mighty men of valor, men of renown, well spoken of, publicly famous, and they were faithful reps of their forefathers. But in verse 25, in just one little verse, there is this Humpty Dumpty moment. There they are, two and a half tribes, one moment, so to speak, sitting on a fortified wall, a place of certainty, of authority, of tribal security, and personal giftedness. And the next moment, they're all taking a severe fall. We are shocked, and we should be. Yet on the other hand, we are not surprised because they, like us, have feet of clay. Uh, they, like sheep, have all gone astray. The results are catastrophic. First and foremost, in verse 25, they turned against the God of their fathers. Remember, with everything going for them, that only one verse later, perhaps it was incremental and took some period of time, but the point is, they became betrayers of God, spiritually entangling themselves intimately with the gods of the land, the gods of the current culture, gods of the people, gods of pleasure, gods of trending permissions. And they became worshipers of the very gods that the Lord God himself had clearly destroyed before them in battle. 
In verse 26, we see the results of this. God stirs up an Assyrian king as a tool of reproof and discipline and judgment. They are all carried away into captivity. If you've ever made homemade bread before, like our family does, or read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you know that a very little leaven leavens the whole lump or loaf. We often dismiss how others through us can become deceived, discouraged, damaged, or disillusioned by the way of our sudden self-reliance, of our gradual compromises, of our slow but certain incremental willful disobediences. The warning that I see for you and I in all of this today, this morning, is capped by 1 Corinthians 10:12. So, Paul says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Paul first says in verse 11, speaking of the children of Israel and their far too frequent Humpty Dumpty moments, these things happened to them as examples, Paul says, and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. And then in verse 13, Paul says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, a means of escape, so that you can endure it. So what have we learned this morning? Repetition often indicates importance. Any passage of Scripture should not be quickly overlooked. Scripture is like a gifted surgeon's scalpel, helping us to truly discern the current thoughts and intents of our own hearts, to weed out sudden self-reliance, gradual compromise, and any incremental willful disobedience. God has provided for us a means of escape. There is a Savior. Jesus has dealt with all of the gods, small g's, while on the cross for you and for me. The question is, have we dealt with them and forsaken them, those gods with a small g? Unlike Humpty Dumpty, who could not be put back together again, there is a way after a foolish fall or a drifting away or a flat-out denial by which you and I can still get put back together again. Are you a candidate for that kind of surgical repair work today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do forsake any weights or gods of self-reliance, any gradual or blatant compromises, and any willful disobediences. May we never become a reason that others turn away from you. May we read the warnings so as to be the finest of examples both of and to the faithful. May we learn from your patient ways of using repetition in your training of us and allow scripture to help us in discerning all of our own thoughts and intents. Lord Jesus, plant your word deep into our hearts. Transform us by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.